0: Well, welcome again to everyone. Good to see all of you here. Um, Some of the families are going to um, go practice a couple of Christmas songs. So if one adult wants to go with each child, uh, one adult with the family, uh, then go on and that'll be a good thing. Uh, For the rest of us, we're here and um, it's good to be with all of us. As I mentioned, this is the second Sunday of Advent. And we're gonna be talking about the life of Mary in Luke chapter one. So if you wanna turn over to Luke chapter one, we're gonna focus on Mary, the mother of Jesus. And um, since I don't have a lot of time, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time prefacing. I'm gonna try to get right into the text so that we can study this passage together. Let's look at Luke one, 26 through 38. And we have mainly two passages to look at together today. Luke 1, through 38. In the sixth month, of the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The story of Mary is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and as I look at the story of Mary, I'm I'm very much humbled by her and her response to to God in this passage and in the next passage that we're going to look at. um, Mary was from a very small village uh, named Nazareth in Galilee. It was a backwater village of probably only a hundred people uh during her day and obviously in a village that small everyone would have known each other and pretty much everyone would have known each other's business in a small village uh, like that but mary gets visited by an angel who pronounces to her that god has chosen her to be the woman to give birth to the messiah the savior of israel and how, how does mary react to this pronouncement from uh the angel gabriel well let's there's a few things that we see here in this passage first mary is surprised i mean wouldn't you be surprised Uh, if an angel came to visit you and said anything to you i think you would be surprised but she's surprised by the visit she's surprised by the declaration from the angel and um scott spencer says this but in the heat of the moment mary is not at all sure that this is a blessed event Why on earth should she be singled out? Nazareth's record of previous angelic visitations would be slim to none. Perhaps Gabriel had lost his way, misread his assignment. Even if he has the right place, does he have the right person? So Mary's reaction at first is to be perplexed, to be surprised. She ponders the words of the angel. Her second response is, and I really like this about Mary, she asks questions. She just doesn't take it at face value. Oh, you're, yeah, you're an angel, and you're uh, making this pronouncement to me. She actually asks some questions of the angel. She says, how can this be, since I am a virgin? It's like, things like this aren't possible. Well, that's a very, very fair question. And the angel, notice he doesn't just dismiss the question. He doesn't say, well, just blindly follow, blindly believe. He answers her question. He says well this is going to come through the holy spirit and god is going to be involved in this and not only that you know your cousin elizabeth everybody thought could not have a child she's pregnant and so he really does answer her question and i appreciate that because there are times in my life where i have questions about following god and i have questions about things that the bible says And God does, he doesn't just look at me and say, blindly trust, blindly believe. He says, engage your mind. Think about it. It's fair to ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. And he also says, I have answers. Keep digging. You'll find answers. And so when I look at this story right here, that really, really impressed me. First, that Mary's willing to question. And she asked a really good question an important question but secondly that Gabriel the angel just doesn't dismiss her and say yeah don't don't worry about the details he actually answers her and talks about some of the details and that's important because in as we follow God we need to be questioning people and we need to be people that dig deeply into the word and we think about things don't just turn off our intellect just don't turn off our brain but we engage our brain and our emotions in following God and use them both together. And so Mary does this. Now, Mary's pregnancy is very different from Elizabeth. Elizabeth was, was, um, she was older in years, trying to say that delicately. She was older in years and uh, she hadn't had a child. And as we talked about last week, there would be some shame involved in that, in that culture and in that day. And so this pronouncement to her that she was gonna have a child was received with great joy. For Mary, It had to settle in a little bit for her to be joyful about it, but she does get there. Uh, She's young, she's not married. Um, And to be pregnant in that situation in that day and time, there would have been great shame associated with Mary. Um, But at the end of it all, after asking the question, After getting the explanation, I just appreciate so much Mary's humility and her heart. Because ultimately she says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. I mean, that's amazing that she makes that statement. So it's okay that Mary at first responds with surprise and with shock a bit. It's okay that she protests and doesn't understand the process. It's good to question, but once she got the answers, she did submit to God. And she said, I'm here. I'm the servant of the Lord. Much like if you know Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah was called to be a prophet, and ultimately he said, here am I, send me. Mary says, here I am, the servant of the Lord and she sets a great example for all of us are we surrendered to God's will we think about it we question it we dig deeper we understand it and we might not like it but we surrender because it's the right thing to do and that's what Mary does here and she sets us a tremendous example of discipleship by following God the way that she does now let's look at the next passage if we will look on down and we're going to look in luke 1 39 through 56 we read part of this last week we're going to complete the reading this week and we're going to include mary's song also known as the magnificat so that's in verses 46 through 56 but let's start up in verse 39. okay you guys with me okay At that time, Mary got ready and left quickly to the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. It so happened that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth cried out with a loud shout, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you carry inside you. Why has this happened, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Understand this. As soon as the sound of your greeting hit my ears, the baby inside me leaped for joy. Blessed is she who trusted that what the Lord has promised her would be fulfilled. And then comes one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the whole Bible, Mary's song, or the Magnificat. She says, verse 47, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit exalts in god my savior because he has recognized the humble state of his servant listen to this from now on all generations will consider me blessed the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name his mercy extends from generation to generation for all who fear him he has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts he has brought down rulers from their thrones He has exalted the humble. He has satisfied the hungry with good things. He has sent away the rich empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering to show mercy. Just as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months. Then she returned home. This poem, or this hymn, or this speech, is the longest speech by any woman in the New Testament. It deserves for us to read it, to study it, and to understand it. I especially want to ask the men of the church to spend time with this song. It's important that we, as well as our sisters, look at the lives of the women in the Bible. Too often, the lives of the women in the Bible are studied by women and not studied by men. And yet, as a man, I cannot see things through a woman's eyes, because obviously, I'm not a woman. I had the same problem with with, um, trying to see things as a person of color would see things, because I am not a person of color. And so I need to read things, and talk to people, and understand by getting into the mind and the eyes of someone who is female, be able to understand a little more about how they see life and about how things hit them and about the different um, things that they face in life that I don't face as a white man. And one way to do that is by getting into the Bible and reading the, the stories of the women of the Bible, but also reading their words. How much time have you spent on Deborah's song? How much time have you spent on Hannah's song? How much time have you spent on Marian's song? How much time have you spent in Proverbs 31? I mentioned the women here, the sisters here. Yeah, I've read all those things. We've spent time in our classes talking about those things. But what about the brothers? What about us? For us to look at things outside of an androcentric point of view it's important for us to get into the mind and the eyes and the thoughts of women around us. It's important, you know, in our families, we do that naturally growing up. We have a mom and we listen to her. We see things a little bit through her, but what about the women of the Bible? And I think it's really important that we spend time looking at this verse and understanding where are the things that Mary can teach us here, So let's look at it a little bit phrase by phrase right now. We don't have a lot of time, but we'll look at it a little bit phrase by phrase and see what we can learn. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God, my Savior, because as He has recognized the humble state of His servant, listen to this from now on, all generations will consider me blessed. One of the things I appreciate about this is that Mary begins with praise, she praises God. And she's had, I don't think that what happens here, and this is just me reading the text, I don't think that what happens here is Elizabeth uh, shouts for joy, she feels the baby leap in her womb, and all of a sudden, boom, Mary gets this, these words and they're just right there. I think she's been working on this since Gabriel told her what was going to happen. She had at least a five day, if, if, if she went by donkey from lower Galilee to Judea, that would have taken five days. If she had walked Probably taken more. So she has anywhere from, let's say, three to seven days to be working on this, to be thinking about this. And I think she's constructed this. And I think it's amazing that the first thing that she does is praise God. And that's fantastic that she magnifies the Lord. Her soul exalts in God, her Savior. She considers herself blessed. She calls herself God's servant. She speaks of her humble state which I think speaks more of her socioeconomic condition than her spirit, because she was a poor, a young, poor woman from lower Galilee. And then she goes on in a very prophetic manner, talks about all the people that are going to call her blessed. In this sense, she's she's being a prophet when she says this. But praise is always a good place to begin. Let's learn that from Mary. It's always good to start. Even to start the day with a hymn of praise or a word of praise, because praise keeps us centered. Praise helps us to see who God is and thereby we look at who we are, that we are not God, He is. And our lives need to be lived in order to honor Him. Praising God, it puts us in our place and that's a good thing for us. It reminds us that God is in control. So when things are going well, praise God. When things aren't going so well, praise God. Because it's helpful to praise God. Recently, personally, I've faced some discouragement in my life. I've had some things happen that just haven't been pleasant. And there's been some negativity around me. And and those things weigh on me. And yet what I've done during those times as i've tried to focus on the positive and i've tried to focus on god and i've tried to spend time praising him both in meditation and in my prayer and in singing and in getting in the word praise reminds me that although everything in my life isn't in my control and everything in my life doesn't necessarily go the way that i want it to go god is still in control and this is what mary tells us here and i thank god that mary starts there but then she goes on in verse 49 and she says the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name his mercy extends from generation to generation for all who fear him mary continues praising god by calling god the mighty one but she also acknowledges that she has been blessed she's thankful She sees her blessing. She counts her blessing. And I think this is another tremendous thing that Mary does. It's a great example for all of us. We praise God, but we don't stop there. Then we focus on the things we have to be thankful for. And for me, even though I face discouragement lately, I try my best to stay positive. And one of the ways that I try to stay positive is by focusing on the things that God is doing that are really great in my life. I mean, I have a wonderful wife. I have fantastic children. I have amazing grandchildren that I get to be with quite often because they live right down the road from us. I have wonderful friends. I have a great church to be a part of. And I, and I, and I enjoy uh, meeting here and being with all of you. I enjoy the teaching ministry so much. I spend so much time preparing a class on Wednesday night uh and you know I, there weren't a lot of people listening to the class there were about eight of us that were there in person and I think probably I did I don't know how many more were online but I would imagine to all total maybe 30 people heard the class maybe 40 people heard the class but that doesn't matter because I got so much out of studying for the class I mean not just every day I was I was lifted higher by just preparing for the class I love the teaching ministry Tomorrow I teach my last class of New Testament Greek, beginning New Testament Greek, for the third group of people that I've walked through New Testament Greek with them and helped them prepare to read the Greek New Testament. That lifts me up, that encourages me. I am grateful for that. So even though I have things in life that are challenging, I need to stay positive. And the way to stay positive is by focusing on the positive, by being grateful by being thankful and so mary um, i look at her here and she truly is mary full of grace because she focuses on the grace of god here then she says in verse 51 he talking about god has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts he has brought down the rulers from their thrones he has exalted the humble mary notes that god scatters the proud and exalts the humble And talks about this reversal of fortune the same type of reversal of fortune she's going to have in her own life she goes on to talk about this reversal of fortune more in verse 53 he has satisfied the hungry with good things he has sent away the rich empty-handed mary sounds like a prophet of justice here she sounds like amos or micah or isaiah god has satisfied the hungry but he sent the rich away empty-handed Those are the words of Mary. And then she concludes in verses 54 and 55. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering to show mercy, just as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary sings that God is the God of chesed, grace, mercy, and peace. He remembers to show mercy to his people. She has experienced that mercy firsthand, And she praises God for his mercy. And she will not forget the mercy of God. Let none of us forget the mercy of God as well. So, there's so much here. I could talk so much longer, but I don't have the time to do it. Let me close with a few words. In this hymn, the longest speech by any woman of the New Testament, Mary reminds us of Miriam, Deborah, and Hannah. She uses her genius, her gift for words, to praise God. And I love it when our sisters use their gift in the church. She acknowledges her own blessings. She reminds us that God is the God who reverses the fortune of people. He scatters the proud and exalts the humble. She reminds us to fear God and not to fear fear, which is so prevalent these days that we spend so much time fearing fear instead of fearing God. But Mary doesn't do that. I mean, she had so much to be afraid of. She fears God and not fear. What a great example that she gives us there. God chose Mary, a young woman from a backwater village in lower Galilee called Nazareth, to be the mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world. When she learned that God had chosen her, she had questions. But she didn't protest. She didn't try to talk her way out of the situation. Once her questions were answered, she simply said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And she does become the handmaid of the Lord. Mary traveled south to be with her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. When Elizabeth greeted Mary and called her blessed, Mary acknowledged her blessing and sang a hymn or recited a poem that she must have worked on during the journey. She praised God for picking her. She acknowledged her blessing and her reversal of fortune. She became Mary full of grace. And she prophesied about the future, about the changes that would come because the child she carried in her womb. So she became blessed among women because of the fruit of her womb, Jesus. This week, I encourage you to find at least one attribute in the life of Mary that you want to include in your own life. I encourage you to share that attribute with someone close to you. And I encourage all of us to allow Mary's life to call us higher in our discipleship in following Jesus. Thank you. We can stand and we'll sing a last song.